Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a fantastic guest on today. Her name is Susie Carter. And we're going to learn all about her in just a moment. So stay with us. And we are back. Let me bring Susie on. Susie, welcome to the show. Good morning, Ken. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Glad to have you here. Good morning, Ernest Odell. How are you? Um, so, Susie, I started this show about um, two and a half years ago, maybe a little, little more than that. Um, and I've interviewed a lot of people. This is about helping people have a breakthrough. And, and I think that by hearing other people's stories of how they've hit the, the walls <laughs> in life and, <laughs> and busted through them, I think that's, that's helpful to others. So um, there's, there's another friend of mine out in California, Joe Ingram. What's up, Joe? Party people. Out in your neck of the woods. So, so Susie, let's start with where you were born and raised. I'm a native Californian. You don't find many of us left around in California. So born and raised in San Diego, a little small town south of San Diego, a border town in Imperial Beach, California. I was uh, one of nine kids. Bobby, Ronnie, Stevie, Terry, Joni, Shelley, Susie, Kelly, Debbie. <laughs> so wow. My dad was nine. in the military. Nine. Nine. Wow. Six girls, three boys. My dad was crazy. <laughs> I feel for him now as a you know grown woman of grown women, adults, like, oh, all those kids. <laughs> wow. Nine kids. So, so um, do you speak Spanish? Un <laughs> poquito. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to get a beer and find the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uno cerveza mas, por favor. That's all exactly. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so what was it like growing up? Uh, look. <laughs> yeah. So your parents didn't have a TV in the bedroom. No, Joe, we did not. Have <laughs> there was nothing else to do. We had 1,200 square feet. I was talking to my daughter about it this weekend. 1,200 square feet, two bedrooms. My dad converted the garage into their master bedroom, which they hid in often, right? I was thinking, where did we all sleep, right? There was nine of us. So we had wow. bunk beds in each room, you know, so four beds in each room. And then my dad made this, I think it was a closet, Ken. Like, I, I don't even know. He made this closet into a bedroom for my older sister. We were all mad. We all wanted the closet. Like, why does she get her own bedroom? It was a closet. Oh, my gosh. For the older sister, right? And, oh, we fought over that closet. Everybody wanted the closet because you just wanted space. There was never space, 1,200 square feet, right? I just look Is at that. Is that included the bathroom and the kitchen? and? 
everything, the bathroom, the kitchen, that one bathroom, right? I know. Think about my daughter's apartment this weekend. I'm in it and it was 1200 square feet. I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine 11 people in this space? I mean, we were on top of her because she just had a new baby. So we're on top of each other. Like, I need oh to get out and walk. <laughs> That is insane. And I, I grew up in a very similar, like probably about the same square footage wise, but there were only five of us. And that seemed like we were on like stacked, like that's right. Five is still a lot, right? Back in the day. Like yeah, right. her parents thinking my mom definitely loved babies, right? She loved babies, loved, you know, the smell of them. It's like, okay, stop the madness. <laughs> Yeah, look, they were hiding in the master bedroom, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So, wow. Okay. So, and and where do you fall in in the mix? Like middle yeah, I'm number seven. So you're not in the middle. You're not at the end. You're just in, right? So with that many people, the only people, you know, it's the the oldest, oldest, and the baby, right? Those are the two. Everybody else is a middle child, technically. Wow. Right. So <laughs> what it did teach me early on, Ken, is how to negotiate, which is awesome. Because think about 11 people for dinner every night. It's like Thanksgiving dishes every night, every night. And we didn't have a dishwasher. Right. There was no dishwasher. I was the dishwasher. So when wow. I think about that, I'm like, I hated doing dishes. So like when we would make cookies, we'd make cookies like every other month because it was a treat because, you know, we it's not like. You know, we were the kind of family when we said we were poor, people go, oh, I didn't know you were poor. We didn't know we had this. No, we knew, Ken. We knew we were poor. <laughs> we, wow. we didn't have anything. When we ran out of groceries every two weeks, that was it. Like if you, we ran out, we ran out. We had to wait till the next grocery run. It wasn't like you're making, you're being really creative in the kitchen with the green beans and the canned corn and the, you know, <laughs> the mustard <Wow>. sandwiches. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can remember. I remember those times too. You right. know, I, I keep ramen noodles around. I really do. And I <laughs> eat them once in a while. My wife's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I love them. That's what's wrong with me. And she's like, "Ooh, that is gross. Like I'll make you something else. And I'm like, no, I it's a friendly reminder of where I came from. So, right. So, um, so okay, God, you're I like, where are we going? You guys had a football team, like literally. We did. So I was saying that I learned to negotiate because we'd make these cookies, and I would save my cookies, right? Because kids love sweets. Somehow I learned I don't like sweets. I I don't like them. So I I would save my cookies and then wait till they all ate their cookies, which was usually the first day. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, well, you want some cookies? I'll give you two cookies to do the dishes. Right. <laughs> One cookie to vacuum, three cookies to do laundry. Because think about it. You're doing laundry for 11 people. Like not. <laughs> so I can barter with my cookies to get out of my chores. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, did you find yourself? Let's see. You were number seven. So there's two more younger than you. Um, so. And we have got people from all over the world. My buddy Olin is over in Jordan. He's serving the U.S. government. Thank you for your service, brother. Um, so, so did you have to take care of the babies too? I'm sure you. <laughs> well, the oldest did right because oh, they wanted to okay. be the mommies, yeah. right? So we were in the middle. So no, the two my sister closest to my age, we fought all the time. Like I am scrappy. People. Don't get it twisted. I will bust you up. I'm like, mm -mm. 
don't mess with me. Don't mess with my friends. Don't mess with my family. I will bust you up. I grew up with three bully brothers and a bully oh sister. So I'm like, people are always surprised when that comes out of me. I'm like, I was one of nine. Of course, you're going to be scrappy. Wow. <laughs> I don't take anything. <laughs> Jeez. Um, did Susie say she doesn't like me? What? No, we didn't say that. No, Joe. I did not say that, Joe, at all. Why would I say that? <laughs> She doesn't know you. So, so, um, so you learned, learn how to fight. <laughs> for sure. you I think that's how to my tenacity in business, right? I don't give up. Don't, you can't tell me no, right? Yeah. No, I'm like, oh, just watch me, watch me. I will show you. No. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. So, so you, I'm assuming you graduated. Oh, she's, she said she doesn't like sweets. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Joe, you're killing me. <laughs> uh, so, so, um, you went yeah, to so high school there. You went to, yeah. Graduated went to high school. We graduated high school. I, my dad's, um, philosophy was, you know, when you turn 18, go get a job and go get married. That's your role. Right. We didn't talk about college. There wasn't any. He just wanted to get us out of high school. Right. He didn't graduate from high school. He graduated from the eighth grade. He went into the coal mines to take care of his family. They had 13 brothers and sisters. Right. So he scaled back with us. So he and then at 17, he joined the military to send money back to his family. You know, so he his goal was and he was so proud that every single one of us graduated from high school. He didn't care what your grades were. He just wanted you to pass. Right. And then right. he was like, OK, go get a high school, move out when you're 18 and go find a husband, go get a job. That's what you need to do. So when I'm I'm really coachable, so I'm a little saucy. I don't know if you've picked that up already, y'all. But in my sauciness, I said, well, I'm 17. Yeah. I'm almost 18. I'm just going to move out. Right. So I left a note, Ken. They were busy. Like, you're busy. You got all these other kids. I'm going to leave you a note that I'm moving out. <laughs> Could you imagine if your kids oh left you a God. note? I would be oh. searching everywhere for my children. Like, where are you? No, they didn't search for me. They didn't, you know, what? we didn't have cell phones back then, right? There was no, like, I came back, I think, a month later. <laughs> what? I know. My first realization of how expensive things were is I went to the store and realized a can of tuna fish was a dollar. And I was, you know, because I'm like, what do I eat? Like, top ramen. Like, you know, you just don't, I'm trying to take care of myself. And I was working at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh going God. to school in the day, working at Kentucky Fried Chicken in the afternoon. Right, high, school. high school, high school, high school, high school. Yeah, let's high get school. that. Let's let's not get that twisted. Yeah, <laughs> you're school. 17 years old, working at KFC, and right. going to high school. Wow, going to high school, making it happen. I'm on my own, right? I had a roommate. She and I were living together. Wow. Right, it was, we were struggling, but to me, it was I, I didn't want to be a burden to my family anymore. And that's what my message that I got as a youth was we're a burden. So as soon as you could get out, get out. Right. And he loved us, right. They loved us, but it wasn't like this kumbaya love, like you see in the movies. Right. 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 <laughs> My man always says, listen, honey, I can be the 90 minute man anytime you want. Right. This happens in 90 minutes in these movies. That's it. You get 90 minutes. I can do that for 90 minutes. I can't be this way all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's fair. 90 minute man. So say, I need my 90 minute man. You know, I need to be romantic. And yeah. So. Right. Right. Wow. 
So early on, I realized that to make it happen, I had to make it happen. There was no, no one's giving me anything, right? I got to, and we didn't talk about college because we had no money for college. My dad didn't even know how to have that conversation of how do you prepare your children for college? I love it, Doug. I still eat Top Ramen. <laughs> That's what Canada Doug, works Doug, Doug Wing, I, if you, you ever heard of Little Giant Ladders? Yes. That's his fam. His father started that company. He's him and yeah. So he's he can afford to eat anything anywhere, and he still <laughs> eats ramen. He does. I've seen him do it. So yeah, it's I, in our I, I do it's in our DNA, right? It's like that yeah. was good. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Hilarious. So so you were, my gosh. So uh, was there now? Was it? was there violence or was it just, I, I just got to go. Like, was there anything that like pushed you out of the house or you just said, no, nah, I feel like a, I'm a burden here. And my yeah, God, there's too many people. <laughs> there was too many people. I will say that. So I'm going to say, I use, I use humor to deflect. I paid a lot of money for my therapy to laugh at myself. So right, just know right. that when I'm laughing, you know, it's like, close yeah. to I get so it. You know, we grew up. So my family is blended. My mom left us when I was five. So mm -hmm. in her wow. head, my dad was married to this woman who had six kids. They, she was pregnant with her seventh. And so she was like, my mom was a hot mess. She was an alcoholic, couldn't take care of us, lived with abusive men who abused us physically and sexually. It was the best thing, but the hardest thing as a little kid with your mom leaving, wow. even though it was horrific at her home. It was still, I, I was scared to go in this melting pot because this melting pot, these, these kids weren't nice, right? My stepmom's kids were not nice, right? They were just bullies. So when we moved in there, I went from being the youngest to now I'm in the middle. And wow. in the middle, right now you're, you, again, you're kind of invisible. And so these kids were bullies. Like my, we've talked about it as adults later. And my brothers and sisters apologize. They're like, we're so sorry. We we're such little hooligans, which is great. But there wasn't a space of love. There wasn't a space of encouragement. It just felt like you were a burden all the time, right? We, our abuse was silence. Our parents didn't talk to us. You know, I, I can remember maybe two times, Ken, that my dad said he was, he loved me or he was proud of me. And wow. so there wasn't like this, thing that kept me there. Like I think about my kids now and how connected we are and the things I do for them. And my, I think my dad's goal was just that you were a success if you graduated school and you could take care of yourself. So right. I, I spent a lot of time and money in therapy, right? My personal therapist really forgiving and realizing he did the most amazing thing he could do He's raised these, you know, nine kids. None of them are in trouble. None of them did drugs, you know, so for him, he was very accomplished. But as a child, you just felt ostracized. There was nowhere to fit in. We were with these bully kids, you know, so you did have to learn how to fight and scrap. And I, I don't like it. I, didn't, I never liked it. Like, why do to survive? I've got to fight and scrap. Right. So still part of who I am, the fighting and the scrappy that I have to just go, okay, there's nothing to fight. There's no bad guys. Right. <laughs> right. Sometimes the world feels like bad guys, but at the end of the day, there's, you know, I'm grown now. No one's going to get me. Cause I think as a little kid being abused, both physically and sexually, you're always weary of people and, you know, men and then women doing Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. My mom was also bipolar undiagnosed. So she was drinking to fix that. Wow. So you didn't know who walked in this, this amazing woman that was snuggly and lovey or this crazy lady that just 
went off and started hitting you for no reason, right? Taking yeah. your anger out on these little kids. Yeah. You know, so it was definitely tumultuous. And so I had learned to be independent so early. You know, I, you know, started working at the age of 11, selling things, washing windows, doing yard work, cleaning houses, yeah. you know, because my dad said, if you want things, go earn money, which was yeah. a, an amazing habit that he gave us, right? We, we all have incredible work ha habits. And so at early on, I learned, okay, I'm going to go knock on random people's door to go get a job. That never stopped me. So I think that my tenacity comes from that too, to go, yeah. I need money. So I want to go somewhere. I've got to go earn money. You know, I was yeah. always involved in sports because that allowed me to get out of the house, right. And get away from the chaos. So I would, you know, I was talking to my daughter about it. I played tennis. I, I had a weightlifting class. I was in gymnastics and dance and, and it really was just to avoid the home. Right. It wasn't like I had this huge love for sports. It was the only thing we were allowed to do to get out of the house. Like you couldn't go out with friends, but you could go do sports. So I learned that early on. I'm like, oh, let me just join a team and get out of the house. And that was like a hall pass. Anything else, you had the third degree of where you were going and why you were going. But for some reason, for sports, my dad was like, yeah, go play, go do it. There, you didn't have to have the evidence that you were doing it. Like I didn't know about that part. Right. I was just like, oh, this is my hall pass. I'm going to go yeah. and go do these sports, which is great because that gave me an amazing foundation you know, of athleticism in my life and in my children's life, you know, looking at all the sports that I played and enabled me to create some sense of freedom and, you know, built your confidence and built your critical thinking skills, all that stuff you don't realize it's doing at the time, but going, oh, that's made me who I am today. So, so let me see if I have the timeline right. You said your mom left when you were five. Yeah. And there were seven of you. When she left? No. So there was three from her. Oh. And then my dad had married a woman who had six and then they had one. And then we oh. came together and became God. nine. Right. So, so I, six like, were step, step brothers and sisters. Yeah. Step brothers and sisters. Okay. And wow. my mom did not clear it with my dad to live with them. Right. She just said it was Easter. Right. And we brought our Easter baskets over to go, you know, spend Easter with my dad. And so we spent Easter and there was just a weird energy. And then my dad said, Hey, your mom's not going to come back. And he, I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, she's, she's not coming back. You're going to live here. I'm like, I'm not living here. He's like, wow. no, you're going to live here. So I literally sat on that porch, you know, at nine, at you five years old all day long. And my dad came out and he's like, honey, she's not coming back. I'm like, she's coming back. Wow. And so I waited for her forever, right? I'd go sit on the porch. I'm like, I know she's coming back. She would not leave us here with these hooligans. <laughs> wow. But she left us with those hooligans, right? But you had to really learn how to, I wasn't ever in this kind of fight environment. Like before my sisters protected me. We all kind of protected each other because there was violence in that household. So we were glue when we got into this nucleus. If they protected me, my brothers and sister beat them up. So they finally yeah. learned like, I got to step back. I'm sorry, but we're getting our butt whooped over you. So you yeah. got to, you got to learn to fight. It was like, what? <laughs> what? My gosh. Wow. So, well, you know, it sounds like um, the good Lord had a, had, had to toughen you up for something. <laughs> exactly. And let me tell you, there's been some toughening up, right? The roller yeah. Business, the roller coaster yeah. of life. Yeah. It gave me a sense of tenacity, gave me a sense of humor, right? To go, yeah. ah, 
this is nothing compared to that, right? <laughs> you have no idea how similar our stories are. Um, um, so I can relate to so much, everything you just talked about. So, um, except for the nine or the, yeah, the, I can't relate to nine, but anyway, um, five, five, nine. they say, look, just have, it's, it's the same five, nine. It's all the same. You're right. for food, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you, you, um, did you graduate high school? Yeah. Yeah. So I moved out living okay. on my own. My parents were so mad at me. They didn't come to my graduation. Right. I, you know, it didn't dawn on me because they were never they never came to any of my athletics events. Right. I was a star athlete, never came to any of that. I was in a beauty pageant, you know, one the second runner up in that never came to that, never came to anything I did. So they didn't come to graduation. That that was normal. It, I didn't wow. expect it wasn't until later on. They're like, your parents didn't come to your graduation. I'm like, is that weird? <laughs> Just wow. Like, yes. That's weird. And then me as a mother now, and I'm sure you're this way, Ken, if you grew up in an environment like that, you try so hard to be exactly opposite of what your parents were. Yeah. And again, I forgive them. They they did the best that they could do where they were not a victim by any means. It, it taught me so much grit and so much perseverance, you know, but to me, it was like, oh, I just the world I have to be in the world by myself. This is what my role is to be independent, to take care of myself, even having all those brothers and sisters, we weren't really close. So my brothers and sisters didn't even come to the graduation, which seems bizarre now. Like me as yeah. a parent, I don't miss anything, right? right? I'm taking pictures to make sure you see I was there. I had a crazy right. schedule and I was there. <laughs> so, right, right. You know, kids, kids forget. I'm like, mm, I tried so hard to be yeah. something completely different. My mom was a horrible mom. And the gift that was wrapped in sandpaper with that Ken is her being a horrible mom taught me how to be a good mom because I knew what I didn't want to be. I maybe didn't know how to be a mom. I didn't know how to do these things, but yeah. it taught me how to be a mom because I'm like, well, I just do opposite of what she did, right? I'm right. very much a mama bear, very protective, right? And in a good way and allow them to spread their wings and be amazing women, but I didn't I didn't leave them. I didn't, they know they're loved, right? If, if anything too much, like we know mom. Okay, I just wanna make sure you know, cause I never knew as a kid and that's heartbreaking. You start looking for love in all the wrong places in men, in relationships yeah. and women, you know, I'm trying to heal these relationships through pseudo other relationships which is dysfunctional, right? Yeah. But you don't know, I, you know, I didn't know any of that at the time. So for so me, did, go ahead. Did, did you go to college? Uh, well, I do have my PhD and that's my public high school diploma. And that's about all I got. <laughs> so I have a ton of education. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in education, but it's stuff like this, right? Yeah. Early on, if I needed to learn something in marketing, I'd go to the bookstore, I'd soak it up. I'd really look at everything I need to learn, learn it and then implement it the next day. Right. I yeah. found myself, you know, I'm, a, I'm very coachable. My dad said, go get a job, go get married. So I found a husband. He was beautiful. <laughs> he was beautiful. He's like Adonis. He had these big muscles. He had a car. He had a checkbook. Right. <laughs> I'm like, this must be what a good husband looks like. All okay, the qualifications. Now. All the qualifications. <laughs> like they never talked about values and, right. you know, making sure your Moral. values are aligned. Right. Morals. Right. right. My picker was off, Ken. So I found yeah. myself at 22. You know, I left because, again, I just repeated the past. I remember my husband being on top of me, you know, screaming at me, choking me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm my mother. I could see my children out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, 
I am repeating the past. I am my mother. I got to get out of here. The baby screaming that, you know, my, uh, my youngest one, oldest one was 18 months. Like, don't hurt mommy. Don't hurt mommy. And just in a moment, this flash of, I said, I would never do this to my children. And I'm doing it. So I, I left. The baby was six months old. My oldest was wow. 18 months old. I'm like, I will not put my children through that. I will not. I will be, I will be a better mom. Like that was a wake up call. And I left with no child support, no alimony. Like he was not a good man. Right. And so I had to figure it out. I had to figure out business. I had to figure out how to make money. I had to figure out how to take care of my family. Again, my family were not close. So they weren't there to help. I, again, I find myself all alone going, wow. this, is, this is what you got to do. I got to just buckle up. 20, up. 22. 22. Wow. Going, okay. So the blessing is I have two beautiful children. The blessing is I learned that if it's meant to be, it's up to me. You know, it, I've learned that e there's everything you need around you, right? There's a ton of education, even now so much more with yeah. all these virtual classes and amazing podcasts like yours to find that inspiration to go, if Susie can do it, I can do it, right? If yeah. I can help one person, one woman, hmm. one man own their stuff, own the breakthrough, be, be bold, be brave, be courageous, then I've done my job. Yeah. I believe that my gift from God is my life. My gift back from God is what I do with my life. Yep. And so I believe we all have a divine assignment. What is your divine assignment? My to empower. I tell you, when entrepreneurs, you know, I grew up in an era of a man is supposed to provide for you. Uh, and then that created a bunch of needy women, which is not sexy or fun for men. It's like, geez, let me be your own woman. And then together we can create this partnership. I love and adore men. Please hear me. I love and adore men, right? And there are good men in the world. That's what I've learned through this journey because I just grew up with all men must be this way because my picker was off. I never learned how to pick a good man, right? right. A good man was muscles, checkbook, and a car. That's not a good man. That's just a man that has muscles, checkbook, and a car. <laughs> Jeez. I know. I, you know, my, I, so I, I, you don't know this about me. I, maybe you do, but I'm a recovered alcoholic with 18 years sober. Congratulations. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait, don't just you. put that out there. Look, I'm no, gonna no, give no. you my pom-poms there. <laughs> I'm cheering that on, Ken. That's a I huge I, I, I'm it's it's definitely uh it's it's a blessing. So um, but you know, I um my my I remember my first sponsor in AA saying, dude, your picker is broken. Stop, stop. Why don't you ask God to send the right woman and stop trying to figure it out on your own? <laughs> Amen. Right. It's like, Oh, can it be that easy? <laughs> yeah, I know. But so, so, um, you keep saying that about your picker and I, that's the only other place I've ever heard is my sponsor saying your picker's broken. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I think, um, wow. Again, I didn't even make it out of high school. I moved out at 17 as well. And I quit high school because they said, you didn't get a biology credit in 10th grade. And I'm like, well, probably because it was a bullshit class and I hated it. Like I'm never <laughs> dissecting a frog again in my life ever. So let's, and I tried negotiating, give me the diploma. Like I did algebra right. for the love of God. But anyway, the love of God, I'm with you, Ken. That you should graduate alone for. Why are you putting the alphabet in math? That makes no sense to me. I know everybody that's on here that's math people. It's not, I, I'm really good at business math. Don't put numbers, right. don't put the alphabet in math. That makes no sense. Right. I know. It's crazy. So, so, um, 
so at 22, you made, it sounds like a very, very intelligent move. Um, you got out of a, a, now he was the father of your, your two children. Yeah. Um, so that makes it difficult to be completely gone from this, this person. Um, but you moved on with your life and, and where did, where did you go from there? Did you go get a job? Did you start a business? Yeah. So, um, from there, I had already gotten my cosmetology license. So okay. from there, I went. I was went back to work right as a hairdresser, okay. and had to figure out. You know, I'm in Southern California. Even back then, it wasn't cheap, right? So I had to no. figure out how do I make money at this. So I didn't have the luxury of sitting around, right? I right. I literally had to figure it out. So I remember just thinking one day that I'm like, I need to get in front of a bunch of people. Like this one-to-one thing is too, too slow. Yeah. yeah. So I contacted Hewlett Packard, sold myself in to do this image consulting workshop that I had no idea. First, I'm not, I was not a speaker. Second, I had no idea what I was talking about. I just pulled it out of my hiney and said, I just need to be in front of 50 women. And so I talked myself into this event and did this image, you know, women's impact seminar and talked about how women could make uh, on average 20% more if they're professionally packaged. I found all kind of data statistics to validate that. And at that event, I got five clients. Well, five clients at that time, um, when I look at it, were about worth $2,400 for the year. Right. So immediately I started doing the math and I'm like, if I do this every month, you know, that's an additional $12,000. So I started doing these seminars at all local businesses at the chamber meeting at the rotary meeting at the Seraptismus meeting, just trying to build my clientele to feed my children. Because again, no child support, no alimony, like I had to take care of my children. And that's where I found the love of speaking scared the hell out of me. I was so afraid to do it. I was like, well, I don't know how to do this, but I'm like, whatever. I got to feed my children. You know, right. my, <laughs> your children could be a huge motivation. They were my why I was not right. going to fail. I was not going to go on government assistance. I was not going to be, I, it, it really propelled from not going to be my mother, right? I'm not going to be this woman, right? I would drink, but I would, I'm only going to have one cocktail, maybe two. That's it. Cause I'm not going to be an alcoholic like her. So I'm so sensitive to any of that, right. To protect my children. And, and even when my divorce was horrible, like, again, my picker was off. So it's no shock that it was horrible. Right. And the things that he said about me and uh, just like, what happened? Right. I'm not this person you're portraying, but he was trying to get the kids away from me. And one of the mistakes that my mom did make, Ken, is she didn't fight for us. Right. One was her deservability to deserve her cares. But as listen, she didn't even show up to court to, to, to fight for you. So she doesn't care. Cause we kept saying, we want to go to our moms. He's like, she doesn't care. Yeah. Like I can't say this clear enough. And he wasn't being mean. He was just trying to have us have a reality check and shut up. Cause we were just crying for her. And he's like, I am busting my butt over here. And you kids are whining. Right? Yeah. You know, so I can yeah. see, like, as an adult, you sit back and you're like, that makes so much sense. Like, get out of the house. We, we, I don't know if you yeah. guys were this way, but your parents back in the day, we'd get out of the house. We did not come home till the street light came on. So, yep. And that's because yep. who wants nine kids and 1,200 square feet, right? Who wants five kids and 1,200 square feet? It's like, nobody, get out of the house. <laughs> we we used to have, we had a street light out front and we would intentionally take rocks and bust it out. Just so they wouldn't see it come on. 
We did. Oh my God, Ken, you're my brother from another mother. I love it. <laughs> we did. I swear. And that, cause we didn't want to go home. Like no way. It was crazy. So, right. so, so, so as a hairdresser, I started building this business and okay. quickly turned it in. I was doing a quarter of a million dollars a year as a hairdresser. The average hairdresser does $30,000 a year. And so, so wait, wait, you were doing these, you were doing these, these speeches to promote your hairdressing business? Yes. To get clients to come into the salon. Oh, wow. So I did all these case studies and did visuals of before and afters and yeah. how that when you professionally package yourself, whether you're a man or a woman, on average, it's a game. The more, Got it. the more you know about the game, you play the game. Don't get mad at the player, hate the game. It's a game. Yeah. You, you have yeah. to package yourself and you know it. You you interview somebody and you know in 60 seconds if they're going to fit in your culture, fit who they're just by the way that they look, just by the yep. way that they carry themselves. So yeah. that was my spiel. And I would go and do these cluster classes and then built yeah. my business to a quarter of a million dollars a year. And that's just not unheard of. And that's just me by myself. That's not and at 20. How old? 20. I'm at 25 this time. Wow. 25 Good for you. Not knowing business management, finance. I didn't like algebra either. So I wasn't managing my finances. I really didn't know how to do that. Thank you, Colleen. Didn't know how to do that. But what I did know how to, so, I was so bad at, at math, y'all. Let me just, if I can do what I do today, because I'm coaching million dollar businesses on financial well-being and setting up yeah. their finances for their business. I do that because I was so horrible at it. And nobody trained me. They, You don't teach it in school, right? Nope. You know, so I, I, I had to really figure out this thing called business finance yeah. and then found, you know, I was so bad that I would literally try to balance my checkbook. I would just go in the bank and close that account, open another one. And oh my, my bank was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I can't balance it. They're like, well, let's get QuickBooks. I'm like, what is QuickBooks? I don't, I don't wow. know how to use a computer. She's like, I'll teach you. Like, so, cause they saw the money I was bringing in. Yeah. You know, and I was so bad. Can I find checks around my house? You know, cause you put it down and it might got dropped behind the, the credenza. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta get a handle on this. That's too much money. Like, I don't even know where it's yeah. going. <laughs> so, Wow. <laughs> Which is horrible, but it, it brings me to where I am, right? Of mastering it, helping other businesses, because I don't I don't put people down. I, I go, let, I've created all these simple worksheets for me. And then yeah. I would be talking about them and you would go, let me, can I see that? Can I have that? I'm like, you want my spreadsheet? I'm just trying to simplify this thing for me. They're like, right. no, I need you to simplify it for me. And realize like, oh my God, everybody's like me. Just nobody's talking about it, right? We're all trying to pretend we're perfect or have it all yep. together. Like, let's let that go, whatever. Yep. I've got strengths in other areas. That was not my strength at the time, yeah. you know, and then had to master this thing called business finance to build the business. And then Paul Mitchell saw me because they were my distributor at the time. And they're like, what are you doing? You're always busy. You're making a ton of money. And I had a great relationship. So I'd shared over the years, you know, how much money I was making. So then they hired me to be to go around to their salons and spas and teach how I was doing what I was doing. Any vocation that we're in can 15 percent of your financial success is based on your technical ability. The other 85 percent is what we teach sales, marketing, operations and finance. Right. Most people get stuck in their 15 percent. You got to be good at your 15 percent. 
right? You got to be really great at that, but that's not going to be the end all be all. That's why most people in their vocation, they don't really ever grow because they're focusing too much on the technical work. I've got to have an even share of that. If I'm not doing it, I have a team that's doing it. So, you know, people then said, gosh, Susie, I love what you teach. You have a book. I'm like, no, I'm a hairdresser. Paul Mitchell just wanted me to teach this class. There's no structure to it. I was just really sharing best practice. <laughs> Right. Uh, I didn't know I wasn't a speaker. I'm just like, I'm going to help my community. Yay. So <laughs> right. <laughs> no right. plan. You know, again, by this time, maybe I'm 30. Right. So I still did not know my, my business had all been self-taught scrappy from books, you know, from seminars, just trying to piece this together, bubblegum, shoestring, bandaid, duct tape to go, let me build a <laughs> business. Right. It right. wasn't like, let's put a business plan together. A what? Right. I got to make money. Right. I have time for that. My God, I got to take care of my children. Right. Right. So people said, Susie, we love what you do. Please write a book. We would buy the book. And I'm like, okay. So I wrote a book, right? My first book became a bestseller in that industry. And again, not knowing, I didn't know. So I went to this first event in San Francisco to sell my book and I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to be famous. I'm an author now. You know, let me send some <laughs> autographs. <laughs> So the first event, right, there's 300 people, about 200 people get in my line to buy the book. And I'm so excited, right? I'm like, this is the best day ever. And so when I look at, you know, we sold about $4,000 that day and I'm all proud. And this next guy gets up, same audience, right? They sit back down. We're sharing a room. He's selling a $1,200 thing, right? So yeah. I'm like, no one's going to buy that. My my limiting mindset, right? Because I didn't grow, yep. I grew up around wealth. I've yep. had to scrap for everything, right? I'm, I'm bar, yep. you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, to pay Peter, to pay Paul again. And somebody else comes in called Mary. And I don't know what she wants, but she wants something, right? So, yep. Yep. so I had this limiting mindset about what people would spend, right? Because what I could afford to spend, yep. right? I might've been making great money, but I was spending it all because I'd never experienced nice things, right? As right. a kid, you never experience like really nice things. So there was a point in my life, Ken, where I would like, I'm not buying that on sale. I'm above a sale. <laughs> really? Because yep. I just, I wanted to feel good about, I've I've made it. I don't have to buy things on sale. I'm like, right. how much money did right. I waste? But it was my process, right? I, I always tell my clients, you got to go through it. Until you go through it, you got to realize that it doesn't matter. Things aren't going to make you happy. Things are, they complement yeah. your life, but the things aren't going to make you happy. Amen. Right. So I watched this guy sell his $1,200 thing as I'm saying, oh, he sucked. He wasn't any good. Literally watched the same 200 people go to his line. Right. And then I'm like, oh my God. So he made $400,000 that day. I made $4,000 that day. Ken, I sat back and went, this was the best lesson I've ever had in my life. I went home and created some more expensive shit. I'm like, I need more expensive shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm like, show me what I do. You're like, show me and I'll do it, right? Don't tell me how to do it because I wouldn't believe you, but show me that was physical evidence of, wow, holy crap, if he can do it, I can do it, right? And that's what we talked about in the green room is sometimes you just need to see other people do it to go, yep. What? Because there's there's the, pers the the people that are like, I got to have the degree and the pedigree and I got to jump through all these hoops to be it. Well, I think those things help. My daughter has a degree from Harvard and a degree from Wharton. And that's amazing. Her college education is different than my education. My education is scrappy. And, you know, I've yeah. spent just as much as my education as we spent on her education. It's just different. And I yeah. respect both. Right. I, I believe 
that I'm an advocate for learning any kind of education. It doesn't have to be traditional, right? right? So when I look at people's resumes, I look at what they what what's the result they have accomplished. I didn't have the luxury even talking about college. Right. right? By the time I realized college was an option, I think I was in my 40s to go, oh, people do this college thing, right? Because I just got education. I was just this, take care of my family, take care of my family, take care of my family, yeah. right? Like I don't have time for distraction. I got to take care of me. Um, so right. I think both ways are amazing. It's what's the result that you're producing in the world, right? right. What's the results for your children and your family that allow you to be what you want to be. I invented who I am, my past, my history, my upbringing. I should not be who I am. I just wanted something different. So I invented it and worked really hard to get it. Do, right? you, find, it do, you, do you find that you're, you're, um, significantly different than um, your brothers and sisters? Yeah, my brothers and sisters don't have the drive that I have. I think they were really looking for security. And security is one of my top values. But I yeah. also, I wanted more. I wanted to make a bigger difference in the world. I wanted, I wanted wealth. I clearly yeah. said, I will live in this million dollar home. I will make a half a million dollars a year. I will make a million dollars a year, right? I will make a hundred thousand dollars a year. I clearly had defined goals, yep. but my brothers and sisters don't have that drive. They have work ethic. They'll work hard, but they really, my dad kind of instilled in us. I remember when I was looking for a job before I went to cosmetology school, he's like, just go, get, <laughs> go get a job at the telephone company. So I'm looking at the telephone company and there was, there was a job where you could climb the poles, right? And I remember applying <laughs> for this job to climb what? the poles. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. There's something bigger in me. I'm not climbing poles for a living. And I'm definitely not going to answer switchboards. That, no, I'm too ADD. Wow. Like, I know myself too well. Right? I'd be fired in a minute. Wow. Right? And then he talked about military. And my girlfriend and I, because it was back in the day, Ken, remember? And they're like, travel the world with your friends. I'm like, that's the what body I want to do. Travel the world with my friend. So she and I both went to the recruiting office and we're like, oh, no, we can't do this. <laughs> yeah. No. no, no one is going to be the boss of me like that. No, and like, they try right? like heck to close you there too. I mean, they <laughs> do. It was not glamorous, like it said in the TV. Some somehow yeah. we had enough sense between the two of us to you know get out of there. <laughs> so, so you 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 were twenty five ish when you and and you accident. It sounds like you accidentally discovered this. Speak to a group, pick up clients, speak to a group, pick up clients, speak to a group, pick up. It was an yeah. accident. It was an accident. It was just, it was smart, intuitive to go. I just need to be in front of a group of women because I'm very charismatic. I'm I can really enroll people. I'm very committed. Right. So I'm like, yeah. they're going to like me. I'm fine. <laughs> right? so. You know, along your way, I mean, we, we just talked about your brothers and sisters and, and, actually compared you to them. And, and you said, um, they just didn't have the drive that I yeah. have. Um, do you find that to be true about most of the world? I think there's, you know, there's kind of three types of people in the world. There's the people that are said, you know, and you see it now with the times that we're in, it's like, what happened? Right. Yeah. There's people that sit around yeah. and go, what happened? There's yeah. people that make it happen. And there's people that want people to make it happen. 
Yep. Right. And even coaching clients, it, it's like they think there's magic sprinkle fairy dust. Oh, I just need to work with Susie and then it'll magically happen. No, no, no. I will guide you. I'm not doing it for you. You That's have to right. do it. You can't rely on me. I've got to go away at some point. You can't be, I cannot be your next codependent project, right? I'm not going to fix nope. you. I'm going to give you best practices. If you do this, you get this. If you yep. do this, you get this. But there's a lot of people who's having a call the client and she's like, it's just not happening. I'm like, well, how many calls did you have? Well, how many podcasts have you been on? Well, did you convert them? Did you close them? Okay. Your closing isn't where it needs to be. So let's work on those things, right? Once we dissect it all, she really is like, oh, I'm going to be in this class. It's magically going to happen. I'm like, no, Maureen, we got to make it happen. You have to be on calls every single day. This is business. You can't just yeah. go, oh, here's a million dollar business. Mm. Like she's afraid to close. She's afraid to have that conversation. And I remember being that way, right? If they say, no, they don't like me, right? I had to yeah. toughen up, right? Because yeah. my underlying, you know, unanswerable question is, do you love me? How about now, Ken? Do you love me now? How about now? <laughs> How about now? Do you love me now? Right? right. Being abandoned as a, as a kid early on and your mother leaves you, that's, that's pretty profound. Yeah. Like you, there's the deservability. There's the you know, so I've made poor choices. I've manipulated men. I've manipulated women so that you don't leave. And, you know, that's that's a lot. That's I've done a lot of work on myself to heal the wounds, my past. Right. There's that saying your past will keep sitting in your future until you complete with the past. Yeah. And so if I didn't heal that, my, like be, being in a relationship with me, man, high maintenance. Like, how about now, Ken? Am I pretty? How about now? How about now? <laughs> I know. Right. How about now? You're like, I just told you. But how about now? It's five seconds later. You might not love me now. Right. Just yeah. that fear of you're going to leave and, you know, to go, oh, that's suffocating to anyone. Of course. <laughs> I could say some other things, you know, like, of course, he's smacking me around. I'm annoying. <laughs> I'm not oh condoning my that. God. Again, I'm deflecting with humor to go, oh. I have to be responsible too. How do you push people into that, right? What was I doing or not doing or who was I being that allowed, one attracted that? That was my desperation. Desperation doesn't feel good on anybody, right? So what is that in me? I realized that I had to stop and quit dating because I was just repeating the pattern, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, amazing men, men who are powerful, and then they would flip and it would be narcissistic. I'm like, why am I keep attracting this? Let right. me work on me. So I just took a year off and, you know, focused on me. I've been in therapy for, I'm 50, right? So 30 years, as soon as I was aware that I needed it, you know, to go, that's one of my success tools is someone's right. got to check you, right? Yep. Especially as you get bigger in business and you get more and more success, you got to have somebody that's willing to check you. And yeah. check, you, check your ego, check, you know, how are you treating people, checking to make sure that you're being authentic and real. Yeah. So I think that's been one of my successes. So when I've had that feeling, I can really talk it out and go like, really, again, here it is. Like, it's my, it's my path, right? It's my uh, eternal path to go, this well, is what I have to work out here. And, and you said something earlier, you said, um, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. And I agree with that. In in theory, it, it, the reality is, though, that we we have to find mentors. We have yeah. to have mentors. We have to have people that that teach us and guide us. And you know, I I don't I don't have a college education, and and you know, for years that bothered the hell out of me. But then I'm like, okay, so I've employed about a thousand college graduates, and about 60% of them couldn't pour piss out of a boot if the instructions were on the heel 
And, 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 and I'm like, what are they teaching you again over there? Right. University? So, so, you know, I think that I, I love everything that you're saying. If it resonates with me, my audience, you know, they follow me because I am crazy. Um, but you know, so I'm sure that your story is resonating with, with everybody watching right now. What, and I cannot believe we're almost at 50 minutes into this. Um, so, so talk a little bit about you, you wrote, when did you write your first book? How old were you? It was in 1995. That's when I wrote my first book. Thank you. And the funny thing, Ken, is the publisher, there was only one publisher in the industry and they denied me. Right. And I was like, this is, this is when you grow up with hardship. You're like, whatever, I'll start my own publishing company. So I started Carter of Creative Enterprises. I published 10 other things under that brand, right? Because the publisher was like, we're not interested, right? I'm like, fine. I don't like you anyway. I'll just start my own publishing company. Not knowing, right? Like the things I did just to know. not. You started your own publishing company. Hold it. You yeah. were 95. You were only 25 years old, maybe. I'm I'm making it happen. Don't tell me no. Just tell me oh, how. That, I, that's I where I agree with mentors, right? Don't tell me no. Tell it. me how. I don't want to know. I, I want to figure out how. Okay, you're not going to publish me. So I didn't know what that meant. And back in the day, self-publishing, right? Because we created this publishing yeah, company. Didn't, didn't published everything. It didn't exist. There wasn't like it is now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think about the time and money that, you know, I spent doing that, not knowing and going, wow, wow. Right. So So you started your own publishing company. Good for you. And published your book. Published a book. Right. And then created that a bestseller in that industry. We published nine other books under that brand, right under that publishing company. And then this is my 10th book. So this is my 10th book, Power Your Profits. This is really- Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. You wrote nine books before this one? Yes, this is 10. Oh my God. Wow. Susie, that is absolutely unbelievably cool. Thank you. Here's the caveat. Show show it again. I want you to show the book. Show everybody. It's all around me. So uh, now Simon & Schuster published this one because I'm like, look, I'm going to do it differently this time. So Simon & Schuster published it, which that's a huge deal, right? They're not giving publishing deals away right now, which is very exciting, especially for really I'm an unknown in the entrepreneur space, right? So I launched this brand a couple of years ago. Power Your Profits is 30 years of bootstrapping businesses, right? I've built 10 companies, two $10 million companies, right? I had two dismal failures because I had partners. I didn't know what I was doing. I was scared to do it alone and had two partners. And I'm like, okay, I'll never do that again. That was the lessons I learned in partnerships. And so this book is really the to do, right? The, what are, what are the tactics, you know, from starting your business plan? So if you, if you suck at sales, you want to go to chapter six, chapter six, I give you my stair step questions that I've been using for 20 years that I close hundred thousand dollar clients with that alone is worth of cost, the investment of the book, the book's $28. That stair step questions had made me millions of dollars from being a hairdresser to now being a business consultant to companies all over the world. So that one, you can close $900 products. You can close $100,000 products. If you suck at business math, go straight to chapter eight. Math is money. Money is fun. I will make you pee your pants of how I make fun of myself just learning the structure of building a multi-million dollar business. 
right? Because you can't build a business without really understanding the financial infrastructure. So I like to make it fun. We all love what math does, right? But nobody likes to do math. Well, if you wow. want to be true, grow a seven figure business, only 1.7% of the million businesses in our country today hit million dollar status. I've always hit it because I had tenacity and I'm like, okay, what, how do I figure this out? I need you to build systems so that you can sell your company. That company that denied me that first publishing company can yeah. fast forward 15 years, 15 years, they bought that company for $10 million. So the wow. company, the book that they rejected, they ended up buying the company 15 years later for millions because of what I put in place. I'm like, fine. They you bought, they bought your, pub, your publishing company. They bought my training and development company, which publishing company or training and development and the, you know, all the assets that were in there, you know, back in the day. Wow. So they ended, that was Ritker's publishing Thompson learning. And I want to say for someone like yourself, Ken, that I just have my PhD, which is my public high school diploma yeah. that don't let whatever your smallness, that negative self-talk, if yep. I can do it from my background and from the tumultuous things that I've experienced, anyone can do it. What's special about me is I don't give up. What's special about me is I seek out the people that can help me, right? I seek out those experts that really understand what they're doing. Make sure you do your due diligence. Make sure they're authentic. Make sure it's just not, you know, yeah. sprinkle fairy dust. And to go, let me see the results you've helped people produce. I show my result after result after result. We have, you know, 25% increases all the way to 3,000% increases. Just do do what I say. <laughs> do, wait, where am I at? Do as I say, right? Just follow, follow the system. So when you buy the book, you get about $5,000 worth of bonuses. Now, where else but your profit coach can you get the kind of return on investment? You spend 28 and you get 5,000 in bonuses. And the reason that is, is because I, I want to help you shorten the learning curve that I had to go through. And as entrepreneurs and young entrepreneurs, and even if you're seasoned, right, this book is from 10,000 to 10 million because it's everything I did to bootstrap. It's to look at where's my blind spot? Where's the thing that I'm not seeing? Where's, you know, every chapter has an assessment so you can assess where are you at in your sales and your marketing, your operations, your finance, so we can find the holes. Let's find the holes in your business so that we can create the life that we desire, right? I want to make sure that a journey I'm celebrating with my friends. I'm I'm celebrating with my family. I'm living a life that's that truly is in alignment with my purpose with God. Right? I call it God. You call it whatever you want. It. I. My life is who I am because I believe and I surrender and I have faith. Because I couldn't get here alone. I was broke and broken, and I needed, like Ken said, mentors. I needed people who believed in me bigger than I believed in myself. I think that's one of the biggest assets. You know, Tom Landry said, "A coach will tell you what you don't want to hear." A coach will show you what you don't want to see so that you could be the person you knew that you could be. Yep. I didn't get here alone. I got here on the shoulders of giants, whether that giant was in a book because I couldn't afford coaching, whether that giant was in a course, whether a podcast, yep. right? I think I love um, Benjamin Franklin's quote. I don't know if you've heard this one, but he said, take the coins from your purse, invest them in your mind and your mind will fill your purse overflowing. And so like you can, we, maybe yeah. we don't have, you know, you don't have a PhD, your public high school diploma, but you have a plethora of education because you took that money and invested in your mind yeah. and then your mind fills your purse. So, it's you true. know, I, I, I just want everyone to know that yes, there will be hardship. That's business, right? Business is like this, you know, beating <laughs> yeah. 
right? So it you've, just don't you've pay. Seen, you've seen the memes on, yeah. on that. <laughs> they're, they're right? like, oh, I'm going bankrupt. And the next day is like, no. <laughs> yeah. So don't, don't just, don't buy real estate when you're in the, in the low point, right? Right. Just take the lessons. What are the lessons that we're here to learn? And what? use the lessons that the gift is wrapped in sandpaper. It's not my wins. You know, I learned a lot of my wins, but even when I sold my company, my contract was not ironclad. My contract had some holes in it. My contract, I lost a lot of money because I walked away from a lot of money because it yeah. just wasn't what I wanted to do. But right. that was, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. So next time I go to sell my business for millions, I'll have a different contract. When my clients are faced with that stuff, I think my bruises, my bloody knees, my elbows help my clients not make the same mistakes I do. We might make different ones, but we're not gonna make those ones. <laughs> wow. 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 Yes. Wow. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. And I, you, I can't hear you now, Ken, for some reason. Did you push me? Oh, there we go. Somehow I pushed the button. I'm good. Yeah, I'm bad. Go ahead. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Um, and I ask everybody this question. What do you think holds most people back in life from success and happiness? I would say um, the biggest thing I see, there's two, right? One is the fear of success. And then one is the fear of failure. And I think that fear leads us to believe that where you are right now is a safe place and going forward is a risk. But the truth is we're always at risk when we're standing still, risk of stagnating, but more importantly, risk of missing out on your own destiny. And so I say, hold fear in one hand, courage in the other and jump. Because while you jump, you'll learn, right? Ken jumped, he jumped over and over, fell down flat on his face because he didn't know. I've jumped over and over, fell flat on my face and always had people who were willing to help me back up, right? I've always had coaches. I've always had mentors, people that could fast track me to what I need to know, right? So I want you to know that it's all possible. You got to create that dream, create the plan around the dream, and then just be in radical action. Juicy, juicy, Ken. That's, that's, that's incredible. So if, if somebody, I, I, I gotta, I gotta get this one into, um, years ago, right after my wife and I met, we opened up our very first office, hired employees and all of that. And one of my employees, this big guy comes walking into my office. He goes, uh, Hey boss, there's some dude out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your SUV. And I'm like, well, what go Tell him, get the hell out of here. What do you tell him? Go tell him, dude. You're bigger than me. And he's like, oh, I would, but he has it blocked with his tow truck. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, this isn't happening. And I don't know if you've ever tried to talk a repo guy out of <laughs> taking your car, but it doesn't work. And, and so that was a really, really, really bad day for me. Everybody was getting paid except for us. And yes. Um, and. You know, there are people, especially right now, Susie, I mean, suicide is a, at an all time high. Yes. Um, this 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 year has been insane for a lot of people. Um, what do you say to somebody that's barely hanging on? Maybe they're 
car got repoed, their electric's being shut off tomorrow, they're, they can't feed their family, they, the, you know, things are, shit's hitting the fan, and they don't know what to do, and they don't know which way is up. If they called you, what would you say to that person in this moment to help them get through that? So one, I want to look at what is that thing that everybody asks you advice for? So it doesn't matter where you're at. There's always something that someone's coming to you for advice. I want to, I want to package that. So we sell that. Right. Mm. So when I started my consulting company, I didn't know how to do that, but people kept asking me, Susie, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? How are you doing this? And then I figured it out. So let's figure out what's your natural gift that God's given you. And let's figure out how to monetize that. Mm. Right. There are jobs everywhere. It's you have to know where to look. Right. You right. have to have that tenacity. You have to look up under the rocks. You have to let people know. I think when we start getting um, depressed, we want to isolate and you get more in your cocoon. This is the time to get out of the cocoon. This is the time to put yourself out there. This is the time to raise your hand and say, I'm looking for this opportunity. I'm looking for this job. This is the time to brush up on that, on that resume, put up a resume together. That's result oriented, not task oriented. A lot of times we're putting these tasks together. I don't care. I don't care if it takes you an hour or 10 minutes. I want to know what's the result you're producing in the world. Employers, entrepreneurs, we're buying results, not yeah. tasks, right? I don't need an assistant. I need someone to manage my schedule. I need someone to, you know, shorten my time, my uh, yeah. customer service time. I need people dialing for dollars, right? I need somebody answering the phone, right? That's, that's a task, right? Turning, being really that rainmaker for an employer or for yourself, you yep. got to get out of the gloom and doom. You've got to start listening to podcasts that lift your soul, find that purpose that you're doing. So really in you know 10 minutes, we can turn somebody's life around. Yep. But you've got to ask for help. You've got to raise your hand. You've got to start putting in your mind what, what the outcome is. I could have went the whole different way, right? I could have, you know, I, I lived on government assistance. I could have stayed in that marriage. I could have done so many different choices for money. Yep. for money because that was safe and yep. the reality is my why was my children my why was i wanted to make a difference my why was how do i teach people like i felt like the parting of the red seas when i figured out this money thing and how do you build a business i'm like i need to tell everybody this and th this was back in the beauty industry right yeah because they weren't teaching that so now that's part of their curriculum and beauty school because i made a stand and created a program and sold that program to schools all over the world and to change the curriculum to teach the business side right so that's still a legacy that i sold with the other company but that's still my legacy of going i just wanted to help i just wanted you know so get the tools that you need to make the decisions you need. If you can't afford a coach, go buy a book, right? Yeah. There's podcasts that's free. I have what we call Susie snacks on my website that are free to give you that little bit of inspiration so that you can get up out of bed, right? If you're not working right now, get out of bed and make it a goal to apply for jobs, to look at what kind of business you could start. Cause there truly is money everywhere, right? Yep. Get, um, be able to go get money from the government when you look at government grants. So go apply for that. That's huge to go. There is free money out there. You might have to do some work. So do some work, right? Yeah. 
I learned everything by investigating and researching before there was Google, right? I'd go to the bookstore, I'd go to the used bookstore, the bookstore, I'd go and I read them, the used bookstore, I'd go and find them and buy them, you know, for 25 cents, where the regular bookstore, they're 20 bucks, I didn't have 20 bucks, but I had 25 cents, right? Mm -hmm. Just being scrappy, right? Yep. I think that's what poor taught me was be scrappy. There's, there's always resources around somebody else's trash mm -hmm. is somebody else's treasure. So yep. where can you go get that? Right. And that can help you really develop that skill set and know that you're not alone. There's a, there's thousands of us feeling the same way, right? Find a tribe that whether it's Ken's tribe, my tribe, that is your voice, that they inspire you. They knock you into reality to do something different, to get something different. Cause it's not going to happen. Just boohooing, right? My darkest times crying was a moment in time, right? Yep. Getting, pulling up my big girl panties and going, getting mad and going, okay, I'm going to make this happen. You know, yeah. from my divorce and my divorce, not getting alimony or child support going, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Whatever. I could sit and cry and be a victim, but that's not going to get me the result. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom I love it. This, this is awesome. You're, you're, you're absolutely incredible. And I am so grateful I don't even know how did we meet. I don't even know how. Doesn't matter. It, it's uh, it was meant. That was to be. divine. I don't remember either, Ken. I but I, <laughs> I appreciate the yeah. time with me, and I appreciate who you are for the world, and who you are, you know, as a man, as a husband. Like I hear it in your tonation. It's present in you. Thank you so much for being willing to risk. Right? You didn't know how to do yeah. this. You said, "I'm yeah. going to do this podcast. I'm going to inspire people." Let that be a lesson. You don't have to know how to do it. You just have to research and have the the tenacity to go, I'm going to do it anyway. And there's going to be some challenges, but, you know, hook your wagon to a star. And That's right. That's right. Wow. My wife, my wife's on here. Everybody, a, a lot of friends of mine are on here saying like, you're, you're amazing. So Susie, stay with me. I'm going to end the live stream here in a second, but, but stay, stay on for a second. If you would, um, I want to say thank you for coming on being vulnerable and sharing and being so transparent with everyone like that, that you have a powerful story. Everybody go to poweryourprofitsbook.com forward slash book and grab a copy of Susie's book. Is it on Amazon as well? Yep. On Amazon and all the major book retailers. But if you go here, you get the $5,000 worth of bonuses. So you get free uh, training. So for $28, you get the free training. I give you six of my crazy fun spreadsheets to help you master this thing called business. Right. There's something called wisdom and wealth, which works on your mindset to ch change. You create your own financial premise, not the premise you grew up in. Thank you, Olin. Oh, I look yeah. forward to having you put an Amazon review for the book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Robert. Right. You're juicy, juicy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you, everybody. Thank you. If anybody, sh if you shared this out, thank you. Um, if you didn't share it out, please. You know, you have time to redeem yourself and share <laughs> this out. <laughs> so thank you so much, Susie. Everybody have a wonderful day. Follow Susie. Where's the best place to follow you on social, by the way, before we go? Awesome. So you can find me under my name, Susie Carter, C-A-R-D as in dinero or dollar and delicious, E-R. <laughs> so all my social handles are just my name. And then okay. our website is my name, right? SusieCarter.com. Susie Carter. Yep. 
So got come it. visit me. Got lots of great resources there for you. You know, I'm your sister from another mister. Right. So know that I get <laughs> you. Right. Don't do this journey alone. You're awesome. Thank you so much. You guys have an awesome day and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye.